Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the nutritionist at BN Multi. Uh, and today I've got Charlie Palupe with me. He's one of our success stories from our Australian weight loss surgery group on Facebook. So, hey, Charlie, how are you going? Uh, very well, thank you, Jackie. Thank That's, you for having me. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So, we've been watching your progress as you post your updates in our group. So, thank you for being a part of that. And I just found your story quite inspiring to be frank how did it all begin for you um i think for me like most people on the support group um i've 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 had a lifetime of um battling with obesity um and from time to time like most people again you know i've tried different diets um i've joined the gym and i, I try to do everything in my power to um overcome that I was always successful but then it always followed with you know regaining and all that kind of stuff mm. um, so I suppose um, just quickly um, I've, I've about over 10 years ago I had lap band surgery now that was initially successful and then a few years after I would say about three four years I reverted back to my old habits and then fast forward again a few more years after that, I was having issues with reflux. And then it was at my 10-year anniversary for my band that um, I went in to see the doctor to evaluate where I was. And then that's when I considered to do the sleeve. And that was last year in October I had it done. Okay. Um, but prior to that, I had started following the BN Bariatric um, Support Group. And I suppose from that lifetime, although I... I had a lot of wins and a lot of fails. Um, this time around, I tried to learn from everything that I've done in the past. So I kind of decided that, you know, I'm going to really do my homework. I read up on other people's experiences. I read up on what the sleeve was, um, what I what I should be doing in advance before I went into that procedure. Mm. I suppose um, I, I went in with a lot more preparedness this time. Correct. Yeah. And the difference between the two procedures, were, was there that education and the understanding of changing habits and behaviours around food when you had the lap band or was it just more about, you know, here's your lap band and work out your portion sizes and go forward from there? I think if I'm going to be completely on honest, if I can reflect back at that time, I was provided with all the information. Mm-hmm. I think um, there wasn't, there. I don't think my issue was like personally my issue wasn't about not enough information i think first and foremost if i'm if i tried really hard to reflect back and be as honest as possible with myself i think if i reflect back i i went in with to do the lap band with the wrong mindset right i think i went in there thinking the lap band will fix my um obesity right yes i think it's one part of 
the puzzle, mm. but that's one of many different parts that I had hadn't even um, had time. Uh, I haven't even even looked at. Yeah. So an example of that is like I think I wasn't mentally ready, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I wasn't like I didn't. I went, I remember as part of that program, I needed to go see a dietitian. I went for the first appointment, and then I thought, oh, I can do this myself. Forgot about it. Yeah. So they provided me with a wealth of information, but I just didn't have that kind of. And do you think that is the key? Is it like that often it's maturity and I think there's a lot of things we don't know that we don't know. And I think I see a little bit of this where, you know, you're motivated, you're looking for change and consciously you really do believe that this is the opportunity to make those changes and then something just doesn't quite mentally click. And I'm sort of of the understanding that student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. Um, And do you know what? It's it's. I like that you said student and teacher because I'm in my mind now the um, the value of my dietitian's advice, the value of my surgeon's procedure, um, and the value of um, the experiences that I pick up and learn from the B um, B and bariatric group is only going to be as valuable as um, my willing my willingness to learn from that and to actually apply it. Yeah, you can have the best like dietitian I suppose you can have the best of everything but if you don't apply it yeah and then do it consistently I'm not sure you'll get the result I think you're right there I used to be a personal trainer in a past life too and I used to say that to my clients I was only there for 20 like I was there for one hour and they had the other 23 so it was impossible for me to make all those changes for that person in that one hour when they were left on their own to do all the other things in that other 23 hours of the day yeah so i think i think um like now where i am i did a lot more work on like my thought process Mm. why am i doing this um and then and to help build that up i just needed to make sure i did my research and that to put add value to that time I'm spending on my research, I really needed to think about, okay, what does this mean for me? What can I do every day to make sure I get closer to what this is, this advice yeah. is telling me to do? A lot of that is taking responsibility. Do you think that came with age? Like there's a 10-year gap in between your lap band surgery and now. Do you feel that there's that um, maturity that comes to that point where you're you are actually ready to take that responsibility for yourself yes and i think i i think i got to be very careful with this i think um if you if your listeners are as diverse as i think they are mm. i think it's important to say that for my personal experience that's probably i think there is some truth to that i am in a much more uh i've got 10 more years of life experience on me now um i'm uh, in a lot more a better uh, I suppose more mature space in my head mm. but I suppose that's not to say maybe someone else out there who was younger than me is not able to do that of course yeah um but in saying that yes definitely maturity and just um why I did it yeah so the lap band I was in my mid-20s and I think I did it just because I wanted to be slim and I wanted to look good and I wanted to go out okay that's why I did it Whereas fast forward to now, I'm in a space where I'm trying to um, plan for the future, um, mm. whether that's financially or health. So part of this was my GP basically looked at my blood results and said, 
if nothing changes, we're not going down a greener path. We're not going yeah. down a greener path. So I feel like um, that's the difference between my um, lap band and this. Is, of this course. Is more, I'm, I'm looking at more from a, a kind of a, a holistic, complete kind of point of view. And yeah. And a long-term, yeah, you know, longevity long-term. point yeah. of view. Whereas I think when you are in that younger age bracket, you're pretty bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt, and I felt like I got away with a lot of things yeah. that I wouldn't even allow myself to do now. Like I still have, um, you know, I'm a bit more measured now with it, with my approach to life. Yeah. And I feel, um, and now it's more about, I just want to make sure I'm in a healthy um body so that i don't put too much pressure on my joints i want to mm. make sure i look after my heart like it's all these things yeah exactly like, um, because i want to have a good quality life mm-hmm. i suppose and I, yeah so balance which sounds fantastic to get to that point where you've obviously peeled back a few of those layers and explored your internal world somewhat what did you explore what sort of things were really helpful to you books or did you see a therapist or what do you read about well first i always like i like to i i do a lot of reading in my um day job so um i read i read a book by um she's on i found her i think on social media anderson is her name Mm -hmm. Um, i just went to the brisbane library and i typed in bariatric Simone, I think is her, is her name. Yeah, Simone Anderson. We can add that to the show notes too. Anything that you think might be a shortcut for others on the journey? Yes. Oh, so her name is um, Simone Anderson. I've never heard of this woman before. But yeah. what happened was I went to um, the library in the city and I just typed in bariatric surgery and her book popped up and I borrowed it and then I read it in like two days. Wow. <laughs> and it's so weird because our lives could not be any different completely different lives but you could see the um kind of themes in there you know yeah like um i find that for myself and i don't want to speak for other people so just for myself personally um i i spend most of my life doing things for my family and friends so if i have plans i would just drop everything i always put other people before me i suppose okay yeah and so um, and through this book and through other readings I have, I, I read somewhere and I can't remember where I've read it. It's saying that, you know, to, to start looking at these, um, and it, it, it related to obesity and was basically, mm. you need to treat yourself like how you would treat those you love or your best friend. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, I put it down in my notes in my phone and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. And what does that mean for me? That means I need to eat good food, healthy food for my body. I need to exercise. I need to start learning about, like, I can't just, obviously to this point, um, it's it's not working. I need to change something. So I need to actively look, learn, taking information that's going to help me. I think that's correct. It's an immersion process of really surrounding yourself with the things that will help you to find your way along a different trajectory than you've been taking to now. Um, it sort of gives rise to that fake it till you make it understanding, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's and I think this links back to why I now and then, sh- like I share some of my journey on the online um, bariatric, being a bariatric mm. group, is because before I even started posting, I was, I had spent hours, like while I'm walking or 
I'm just on the bus. I'm just reading through other people's stories and like, you know, I do the, I'll cry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like this is me. This is exactly what like, you know? Yes. And I was looking out for people's like recipes, people's different stories and all that. And I think that's how I get inspired. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm not alone. There's other yeah. people who are going through similar things. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of went back to the core. I'm like, all right, I need to start. My center would be I'm going to treat myself like how I treat like my, um, my mom and my brothers and sisters. So, you know, I need to, that's my starting point. So that's pri- great. priority number one is going to be me. And it's, that's, that, and I think that's okay because I don't know, like I, I haven't seen a psychologist, but I feel like maybe in the past, if I do that, it kind of linked into like I'm being selfish if I'm allocating. Yeah, that's a common thought pattern. Absolutely. And when you were doing like all these changes in perception and um, your own behaviours, when you did change from putting everybody first to actually making you a priority, what did you notice around you? Um, nothing really cha- nothing really changed i suppose because i okay can i take two steps back yeah okay so before this i thought um i i listened to a podcast and i had a list of things so you know i need to get the right food i needed to get the right mindset and then i also needed support was very important so before i embarked on this second journey with um very a, a second procedure um i have my sister and a niece who are very close to me and a bit and two of my best friends and my partner so i needed those people around me to support me when when I, even support to me just means just being there they don't even yeah. need to say or do anything but in terms of changes people um if that's your question i haven't really noticed anything different yeah that's so obviously you are surrounded by great people which is wonderful and I think that's huge you know it's a part of our success is having that support having that understanding I do recognize Um, from reading from other people's experiences it can impact on um like relationships mm. with, with people yeah, we've definitely covered that with Glenn McIntosh, the different um, people who are gunning for you and really supportive and there are some others who are, you know, not so sure about your choices and can yeah, even and start even, to I sabotage. Like I I would admit that, and this is, I always felt like my strength was my, um, like my, how I think. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily what I think, but like that strength. <laughs> So resilient? Do you think yeah, you've got that? Because I, I have like I would have I have friends who would get annoyed if someone is saying something about them that they do not like. Mm. But my my view in life is that other people's opinion of me is is none of my business. Oh, I love that. Wayne Dyer said that. He's one of my favorite humans. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's 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 because when I heard him, like that's exactly how I think. Because mm. to me, it's they're entitled to think whatever they want to think about me but yeah i only i only give that meaning and power over me if i if i allow that to be my truth which is not absolutely so and okay. i think that's a really discerning way of thinking yeah. whereas a lot are concerned about if i make this decision to make this change what's everybody going to do yeah. and i often will say that people are so busy worrying about themselves yeah. they perhaps might not even notice half of what you're thinking yeah 
And I'm conscious also, um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but one of the things I kind of, and I don't think I found it, I don't think I, I don't think there is an answer for it, is because once I'm before whether I was at different sizes of like um, weight, mm-hmm. and so at different times in my life, I think the only constant is I was I was always confident no matter what size I was in. But something did happen a few weeks ago, which kind of made me question that approach. Um, was like I would have no previously before I lost all this is my most successful kind of approach to weight loss mm-hmm. and maintenance so previously I would never hesitate to you know take a photo of myself or me and a friend and post it on my social media yeah but then recently I kind of started having this um developing this habit which I've tried to squash of second before I post something and I'll tell you why I think I know why I don't know, but I feel like in my head, when I was bigger, um, it was okay to be positive, body positive, and post and be happy. Whereas now that I, now that my head is slowly catching up to the fact that I actually look fitter and healthier, that I'm almost, I don't even know if this is true, but I feel like in my head, I do not have that license anymore to just post. Yes. Because now I feel like society would view me if they if they if people who have not been there from day one who have seen me mm. up and down up and down and like maybe gone through some points of depression because of my weight and yes. I, I was feeling unhealthy. If people never if there was someone who has just come into the picture and never saw that they're probably thinking look at this kid like. But then I try to revert back to that basis like they're entitled to that. That's not my. Yeah. If they, if they want to really know me, they can see my whole story. But if not, that's okay as well. I'm yeah. just going to keep being me and keep being happy. It's a great way of thinking, yeah. isn't it? But it's. I just found it weird. I suppose, and this is just for my own internal learning. Is that maybe those were some of my internal bias that mm. I didn't realize I have until I I am getting a healthier body and feeling fitter. And now I'm thinking, oh, I can't just... Yes. And is there is there a part of you that is still catching up? It is. Um, I still get when I, I'm in the office um, midweek because I've, so I've done half work on my home, half work in the office. And yes, I, in a, like when I see my reflection in a building, mm. I still get a second, I have to take a second <laughs> look because I don't Who know. Who is that man? Yeah, I don't know if my, I feel like it will take a few months for my head to catch up. Yeah, I hear that a lot with, it's such a quick transition and I can see with yours looking at the, the it must be the exercise you're putting in and the resistance training because to see the po- the photos of before and after of you, which we'll have on the site, it's a quite incredible transformation as far as how fit you've become, you know. Yeah. looking like a healthy and fit young man it's quite incredible which is what grabbed my attention is knowing that it's only been sort of eight months after surgery it's well, it is yeah, quite so a transformation yeah so I reached my um, goal weight about five and a half six months after so yeah. I've been I've maintained the same weight um, mid-70s around uh, four weeks now I think yeah maybe four to six weeks but um 
As I was starting, people would say, you know, I did have people from time to time say, oh, you're looking too skinny. You need、mm. to stop. You know, that kind of thing. They're worrying.、Uh, yeah. And I know they're, they're coming from a good place. Yeah. But, and in my head, I'm thinking, well, I've done my research. I feel like I'm in a, a really strong point mentally. Yeah. I feel like. Maybe there's other people out there who may not have those things in place like me. And those things, although the intention is from a good place,、yes. um, it, could, it could trigger someone, someone、oh, else, but not me. But yeah, so that's why when people ask me, like when、um, people from different parts of my life ask me for advice and things like that, I'm very, very careful because I know. Like, I don't want them, I want them to、um, find the help they need from like, a, like professionals. I can、yeah. share with them my story, but I try and put as many conditions around it saying that it's, although there's a lot of similarities with different people, we are all very still unique in our、um, nutritional requirements. And yeah.、Like、and I think a lot of those conversations, they're looking for that magic. What do you do? And it's not necessarily one or two things like I eat and I exercise. It's, it's actually a much more multifaceted picture than that. And I don't think that can be conveyed in a short conversation or a meal plan. And where have you drawn your information from? So, nutrition, where, what do you sort of read? Okay, so nutrition, I started with a, what、well, I see a dietitian、um, at Green Slopes Private Hospital.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I also、um, got the sleeve. It's a green book I bought from. Ah,、oh, that's Trudy Williams' Gastric、yes. Sleeve Guide. Yeah, she's a very well known、um, and she's been in our bariatric realm for more than 20 years, I think. She's yes,、so、the voice. A few times. And I also listened to a, obviously, I started listening to your podcast. And I also、yeah. listened to another one by a nurse in America. Her name is Rita. Yeah. I listen. I, I think leading up to my. She's got over 100 episodes and it's、yeah. available on, you, on、um, Spotify. I'm pretty sure I've listened to over 80 of them, some of、yeah. them a few times. And that goes back to also, like, an, if you're looking at doing your job and being an expert, it's more than 100 hours. Do you know what I mean?、Yeah. Looking at what you've done, the amount of research you've done, and things that you're listening to and reading, it's what's infiltrating your, you know, your whole reading, thought process. Yeah, I understand people have all different、um, ways of、um, a communication.、Mm. So if reading is not your thing,、um, there's podcasts. There's so many options now, isn't there? Yeah, so I find podcasts working because when I'm walking, a podcast、yeah. sometimes is about 20 to 40, some are 45 minutes. So、yeah. I just keep walking until the 45 minutes is done. And if it's interesting, that keeps you going, doesn't it? Which is great. Thank you. That will also put in the show notes. So, a lot of the different、um, shortcuts you're offering will certainly showcase those as well. So, exercise was that something that you always enjoyed, or is that a new gig for you?、Um, I enjoyed it.、Um, I hated sport in uh, um, school. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it so much. I was.、Um, I, I remember I volunteered to be on the student council. I. I And, okay, so this is another thing I haven't touched on, but just to,、um, through my mental kind of self help, I realized when I look back in my life now, I was doing things like this is、um, the luxury of hindsight.、Yes. I thought, you know what? I deliberately did and picked out things that would、um, facilitate me moving less. 
Right. So when I think about it now is because I hated sport in high school, I went and joined the student council and I deliberately took up um, and volunteered myself in positions where I'm helping the teacher so I'm not actually physically doing anything. <laughs> and then, and that kind of, that theme kind of, kind of um, went through my whole life up until now. Yeah. So if I think like I remember, I would recall, you know, if I'm organizing a catch up with friends or f- colleagues at work, um, without even knowing, like I'm deliberately picking places where it's easier to get, like, to physically walk to or move. Correct. Like, um, and it's whereas now, um, when like, and I only noticed started noticing that when people go, "Hey, where do you want to be?" I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter to me. I can. I, they'll go, "Oh, it's too far." I'm like, "Oh no, I can get there. I, it's yeah. it's a fast walk." Like. It's all these little behaviors that over time just kept adding to my, um, to me moving less. Yeah, it's that sedentary kind of um, lifestyle approach. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it becomes just ingrained and um, habitual without even really understanding that until it changes and you can have a look back at um, the way we were running things. My other, my, yeah, so one of my, so as part of that research part where I was preparing for the procedure for my um, sleeve, I started, you know, I started to try and I, I just picked one thing each week or two and I didn't set too many time frames so I'm like all right so my next task is I know I'm going to get off a bus stop earlier (laughs) yeah in winter and walk to and so then I worked out that you know over a week period of going to work like in the morning and afternoon that's like an extra two hours of walking that's significant isn't it really and it can be added into any work day yeah so I slowly did those kind of little things to try and um and because I, I live here in, in Brisbane, I understand some of your listeners might be Nash, like around Australia. So I, um, there's my, there's, I generally go and do a run around the Brisbane River. And I remember this path that I take, it, originally when I started about, uh, when I, uh, mid-year last year, it would take me about two hours to do it in a walk. So now I do that same kind of path for about 45, 50 minute run. Wow, that's impressive, and, isn't it? And not even be like fully sweaty. Like I feel yeah. like my fitness has improved to to a point where I can just do a few rounds. Yeah, and then I'll feel yeah. Stamina, like, I think, is the word. Yeah, that's brilliant. So if um, I think reading books um, follow other people's journeys, but with mm. the um, lens of that's their individual journey, and then there's that's a, a small snapshot of their experience and it may only also be the things that they want to they feel comfortable sharing with the world so but that's still a learning thing for you um and then the podcasts and then like the professionals um like your dietitians your psychologists your surgeon your gp sounds like you still have quite a strong connection to your team yes oh okay so that's the other biggest lesson learned from the lab band (laughs) is I thought that, you know, after a year or two, yeah, it's fine. I can just take the wheels off now. I'm I'm good. Mm. No, I have decided I want a life commitment with my the prof- the professional people around me mm-hmm. um, to keep me accountable um, and to keep me motivated. So last week I had my blood test for my follow-up with my surgeon this okay. Friday. I think follow-up, if there's anything people should should do at least, is a follow-up with the yeah, it becomes part of making sure everything's tracking well and 
I, again, and I say this, I think, in every session I do, about two years in is where we start to see these changes and old habits kicking in, whereas if that support is maintained, often you're just one session with your dietitian, just a quick check-in will just tweak things slightly and get you motivated again if things are starting to change. It also will catch things quite early before there are problems arise. So it's more of a preventative kind of approach to health. And do you know what? And another thing that just popped in my head, another big difference between my lap band 10 years ago and my sleep is um, social media. Mm. Um, and not just social media in, in access to information, but um, support group, the BN Bariatric Support Group, like that didn't exist when I like nothing like that existed yeah so i found just being around people who i felt safe with Mm. um, who like i still get occasionally and i know they come from a good place like people go oh why how do people get to the point where they're so overweight and i'm just thinking oh my gosh (laughs) like (laughs) you know it's it's such a complex health issue um, yeah that um it's different for everyone there's a lot of different things that can contribute to it so yes is not it's not a one-size-fits-all. No, and it's peeling back. I think I often say there's a 100 things that take you to that um, morbidly obese state and the surgery is one of those. So you've still got 99 to uncover and experience and um, relearn in a lot of ways. And I couldn't agree more. And so my, my kind of right now goals moving forward is to keep doing what I'm doing uh-huh. and I want to... Um, and I'm using that BN bariatric um, page to really stay engaged and I'm trying to give back to um, when people post questions and if I feel like I've got something valuable to add, I'll mm. respond because I think that's one way for me to, to stay engaged in the conversation mm. and then keep it in front of my head that um, another thing I, sorry, another quote just popped into my head mm. and I think it's by Riga. Um, and it's that there is no cure for obesity. Mm. And once I, I try, I read it and I'm like, that's not the word she used. But <laughs> I kind of had a thought about it. I'm like, that's actually true. Because if there is a cure, it means I can work hard, get to a certain stage, then it's done. Yeah. But it's not. I need to, um, I need to. I need to give my I need to make a lifetime commitment to always working because working on it yeah because there's a lot of different things and unknown in my future that could trigger me being aware of that and it is very much a personal kind of self-development journey and I think once you do choose that kind of path not only for weight loss but just as a sort of more introspective way of living your life I don't think it ever changes I think once you hop on that train there's always something that we're kind of looking at and examining and working out ways of doing things better and modifying them. So it's um it's not always the easiest path, but it's certainly, I think it's a richer life that you find at the end of it. It is. And I haven't touched too much about this. And I feel like I'm, I'm probably in my, oh God, I've got to touch wood before I say this. I'm probably in my best relationship I ever had with food. I am not scared of food. I, I get excited by um food choices now because I feel like I have way better knowledge of and I'm, I'm still building like how different foods make me feel and um, how my body functions and how I, I, I am mentally if mm. I'm putting the right food in my in, like consuming the right food yeah absolutely yeah. 
And what do you notice there comparative to perhaps your diet and lifestyle before surgery? Has this new way of eating and being aware of and actually listening to your body's needs and wants, how do you think that's affecting your mental and your physical health overall comparative? I think if I was, if people look at me um, physically, they probably think, wow, very fit person, obviously eats well. But mentally, it's really helped me at work in terms of I drink a lot less coffee. I don't know what I was. Yeah, I feel like my body is just, um, I've optimized how it's supposed to function. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm You've not put a, a V8 I'm motor in that car, haven't you? Yeah, I'm not a doctor <laughs> to explain, but I feel like I'm, and it's, um, and when I look at, like, I'm, physically consuming a lot less food but it's the appropriate food with the amount amount with the around uh, sorry the right mix of energies that my mm. body needs if that yeah. makes any sense absolutely <laughs> and is that through counting calories or more looking at what is in your food and having an understanding of here is chicken here's 100 grams of chicken more, it might um, have 20 grams of protein in it uh, okay so my first part of my answer would be at the beginning with the pre-diet for the procedure and sort of the initial stages of recovery, um, calorie intake and the different types of food was more restrictive. But then probably from six weeks post-op, yeah. um, working with my dietitian and reading books about nutrition, um, like that green book, <laughs> I don't know the name of the book. It is a guide. Uh, the gastric guide um, is understanding the different food groups and I started off simple so what and like with everything like how I said about my walk how I hopped off one um, station so with food um, I'll go like I look at my plate and my bowl my bariatric plate plate and bowl and I see the um, protein Mm -hmm. and so Every few days I'll add it I'll go I'm going to explore a different protein and I slowly add like I didn't try to overdo everything at once Mm, that's okay and i go through phases so right now i'm going through my spinach and tomato phase um (laughs) that's not a bad phase (laughs) (laughs) and and i know once i get sick of it i'll pick another two vegetables or yeah uh, and so when i say that it means i probably have that maybe twice or three times a week and (laughs) then um and then i'll have different other vegetables but then from time to time i'll have vegetables that i eat all the time yeah and seasonally, do you find you're drawn to different foods now? Yes. Um, I think I heard you speak about it um, when I logged into you last Monday. It really clicked. I'm thinking that's why I'm feeling like this. Mm. Um, yeah, it's definitely when it got cold up, I, some of the food that I was having in summer was not doing it for me anymore. I needed yeah. something a bit. Like, for an example, when I said about that pumpkin, I'm pretty sure if it was hot, it was summer, the pumpkin would have been just fine. Like, Yeah, that's correct. Whereas now I feel like I need something a bit heavier. Like, <laughs> And that's winter. That's our natural tendencies are hibernation and um, keeping warm. And that's yeah. what our external bodies do for us. So often people finding when they're, I see it a lot in the group about how freezing cold everyone is now they've lost a lot of weight. (laughs) I'm, yeah, I'm very, very, I hardly, I, last summer was the first summer where I hardly used the aircon or the highest aircon in a car. Yeah. Like I was pretty, like. Noticing the difference. Yeah. I used to say I love winter all my life and I I don't know if that's true anymore. I think Feeling I the cold warm, now. Yeah, I feel like I prefer warmer weather now. Interesting. And so, and living in Brisbane, that's a, a bit of a plus. So when 
Now, in your social setting, I know that your background is Samoan. So the focus on food and getting family together and enjoying meals and um, loving each other over a good Samoan cuisine, what sort of things do you put in place now that um, help you manage when you're in those kind of settings when everything's on offer? Yeah, so I... I plan ahead. So I just, I find out, um, you know, what are the different dishes that are going to be there? And then I work out in my head what I'm going to have. Yeah. Um, if there's going to, if it's like a, a coffee and tea type event where it's all high sugar type stuff, I will have my, my snack before I turn up. And then I'll just have like a, a tea or coffee. Yeah. So it's just planning ahead. But it, in actual fact, like my last family, big family event, which was before COVID happened, <laughs> was it had all the food. And you know what? I looked at it, I'm like, you know what? Half of the food here is actually really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it's just there's like I haven't learned how to put it all together. Like I don't – if I have like the pork – so the, I can have the roast pork and I can have a little bit of that salad. And now I can have just a little bit of the taro. The taro will be my carb, salad, mm. protein, done. So in the past, I would have the taro, the um, the potato salad. like, And immediately in my head, I'm thinking, gosh, that's like I've gone over my carb. In, like I don't eat <laughs> that. And um, I not only have the pork, I'm also going to have the chicken. And then I'll also have the fish. All yeah. In one sitting. And I'm thinking, so what I do is when it, when there's leftovers, I pack it in my container. I come home, I separate it to my little portion. And then I'm basically having a taste of that whole menu, but I'll need about two weeks to eat all of that. <laughs> Get through it. Yeah. And so do you go home with a care package now? <laughs> yes. I'm um, and oh, that's yeah. So I and I've, I'm sure I'm sure I've seen some some people um, write this in the online BN bariatric support group. Is that one of my greatest fear? I remember before this procedure was all the foods I'm not going to be able to eat. Mm. And um, I feel like this is my last chance. Like I'm going to have to sacrifice one of the biggest things in my life, food. But nothing can be further from the truth. I feel like mm. I actually enjoy food now. That's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't, you know, it's a a nice to have rather than a need to have. And I think too, once you start to eat in that kind of vibrant and clean way, that your body actually starts to really talk to you and um, you start to need those foods, you know, good food to help you keep going. Yeah, and I actually, um, I don't know why it took me so long to work it out, but I actually, like, I have a pretty good idea like database in my head now on how different foods make me feel Mm. a few minutes after interesting like there's been i out of that last eight months i would say two events kind of come clear in my head of where i'm like oh i'm not gonna do that again and what were they so the first one was um i had a glass of i had two glasses of wine too fast (laughs) But the and my justification was dinner was ready. I need to finish drinking because um, one of the rules I stick by, like which I have not broken, is no liquids and like about half an hour to an hour after each meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, I can't waste this wine. And, it's, and then I had, I think, my first and only experience of what you call dump dump. Oh uh, yes, that wasn't a good experience. No. But halfway through it, I'm like, okay, so this is my body telling me what I did was not right. And <laughs> I bank it under life lessons. And then the second one was it was a pork dish, but they um, all the the fat instead of draining it out, I wanted I added the fat to my mm-hmm. pork. 
I don't know what drove me to do that. But that wasn't. Uh, How did that one work out for you? It kind of, it wasn't as bad as dumping, but mm-hmm. it was like I felt like I had just drank a whole bottle of olive oil or something. Like, mm. I, and it sits in your tummy for a long yeah, time. It, yeah, it didn't feel good. Mm. And then I went, okay, not going to do that again. It's interesting how, you know, a lighter, less food can actually leave you feeling more energetic. It's really interesting. Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, and I have an um, a air fryer. <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever invested in. So yeah. I find now if I eat anything that's deep fried, uh, it's it doesn't feel... Mm. It, I can eat it, but I, it's not... It just makes me feel like like um, uncomfortable. Mm. It's nice on the way in, but it doesn't feel good when it's working its way through. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. And is there anything that you'd find you think you'd like to share with our listeners on? You know, what's inspired you the most, or what's really changed your way of thinking um, to help you sort of fast track your success story? I think what's inspired me the most is I've. Um, like for example, in my career, I've always I set a goal and I um, achieve it. In my, um, I help people, but nothing really made me feel like oh, I don't know. There was always something there that didn't feel quite. Oh, what did I don't want to use the word right. That's okay. So, at, so to fast track your journey or to get you to the point where you are just at the moment, how do you think, what do you think was the most inspiring kind of reading or information that you drew from that really sort of did make a big change to your mindset? I would have to go back to Simone Anderson, that book I picked up. But I feel like she's already inspired a lot of people because I can see, I didn't realise that she had a really big following. Um, and it may be just the way she um, wrote the book um, it just resonated with me. Mm. Um, but besides that, I would say, and I know I did say that I needed to treat myself like how I treat my family and my best friend. Yes. But that was probably one of my biggest inspirations is that I'm um, so, I, um, I, I do a lot of, for my mom. So I'm thinking, God, I need to be alive to help my mom. And so, right. and so, and I know for some people it's their children or, you know yeah something that keeps you going yeah but for me i'm thinking oh there's a lot of people in my life that um that need my assistance that that mm. that whose whose quality of life um i play a role in in making sure that they have a good quality of life yeah. and so there was that kind of responsibility that i yeah. put on myself so, that's fantastic yeah and i'm um, sure I, I you know I've read other people about their children wanting to play with their kids and all that kind of thing like that. Yeah. But if for me, one of, yeah, see, I have nine things that I wrote down as my motivation for my procedure. <laughs> and the number one was to feel healthy and well to support my family. So there you go. Yeah, well, family is a real common thread coming through your story. And I think listening to how you've talked about your mindset and your, it sounds like your roots are so strong that that's kind of really what's helped you get through with your resilience and your support of your family, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah. I, if, if there's anyone listening, I feel like, um, you know, in my head, if someone's already Googled or looked up bariatric procedure, or whatever the right tool is that they think they need to help them become a healthier version of themselves. Mm. I think um, that decision's already made in your head. You're just looking for things to support it or to help you make that 
kind of mm. final buzzer. But I think it's important, at least for in my story, it was very, very important to have a good support group around me. Yeah, I think that is imperative. And I think also if you find that you look around and you don't have that support network, it's looking for places that you do feel like you belong. And that's kind of what we hoped to elicit through our group is that common thread of um, people who are looking for education and support and, you know, finally a place to land, which is um it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to hear about your journey. And, um, yeah, and we'll put in the show notes all your um, links to different inspiration and information that you've drawn from. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.